When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. Welcome to the new studio. <laughs> uh, this is actually uh, what is now a, a spare bedroom in the house that instead of doing it downstairs in the office, which, you know, it gets it gets in the way sometimes down there. I brought it upstairs, corner of the house, huge room, and uh, trying to make this more official. So I brought a lot of the the decorations from the office brought it up here and I got to work on soundproofing. I don't know what this is going to sound like. Um, the office was pretty good, but I can already hear it just, just from talking that there may be a little bit of an echo. Might, might be some work to do here, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, today's episode, if I can get into that, is going to be a great one. Like always, right? Um, today I'm bringing on Shane. He's a, a podcaster from Inquiries of Our Reality. I've had him on the show before. Um, I think I've been on his show before, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, when we when we do mashups like that, I, I forget if mine airs on his as, long, as well as on mine or what. But um, he's a, he's a great guy, great person to talk to, very open-minded. But today we're going to talk about some of his personal experiences. Um, something we don't get a lot on the show is the Wendigo. So I look forward to talking to Shane about that. Um, I, I don't know. I may have had one or two people talk to me before on or off the air about the Wendigo. So this, this is going to be a great one. Um, before I bring him on, I just want to say there's some more changes coming. I'm working on doing a lot of stuff in-house as far as merch goes. Um, we've got some equipment. I'm trying to, you know, to put put everything that comes into the show, you know, from supporters back into the show to to make it better. So I gotta I gotta get some soundproofing going on here. I gotta get some shirts and stuff. I'm, I'm trying to find a, a more affordable route other than going through a third party vendor um producing producing the stuff for me and mailing it out so once i get that figured out we can get shipping costs down the way i want them to um we'll be rolling so it but it should be coming this spring 
And speaking of spring, I'm uh, scheduled to have a uh, a vendor spot at EnigmaCons in St. Albans, Virginia, coming up in April. So if you're around, um, I think it's more of the northwestern Virginia area. Uh, that would be eastern Kentucky, southern West Virginia, eastern Tennessee. If you're in that area, come check it out. It's uh, the, the con is actually being held in a sanatorium. Uh, I think they're giving a tour that night, maybe. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be an experience. It's going to be good. So please come check that out. Uh, there's going to be more down the road. Uh, we're working, you know, we're doing some work with the Shadow Appalachia docu-series this year. Um, I plan to be way more proactive as far as going to conventions and stuff. Um, there's there's one in May. Uh, I think there's a couple in September, maybe, and we'll try to get to. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about all that later on in the year. Let me go ahead and bring Shane on, and uh, we'll, we'll get right into this Wendigo experience that he's had. Real quick, while we wait on Shane to join us, um, he has the invitation. I sent it to him just now. Um, while we wait, if you guys want to send something for me to put on the wall behind me here, um, maybe a little promotional thing, or if you want to display your artwork or whatever, we can make it fun. We can do that. Just send it to me. Um, my P.O. box, I probably, I probably should have remembered that. <laughs> oh, it's on it's on Instagram. Go on my Instagram account and uh, scroll down. It's not far. I'll I'll repost it to Instagram. But uh, yeah, we have a Bump Podcast P.O. box. Just send it there. And I go check it every couple of weeks. And we'll we'll put your artwork up here. We'll put a poster, whatever you want. Um, just whatever. If you just want to draw a picture, I, I, that'd be fine. But just something, else, let's make it fun. You know, let's share in all this. If you do anything else, if there's any kind of other craft you get into, if you make t-shirts, stickers, whatever, holler at me. Send something. Maybe we could, uh, maybe we can do a sticker exchange or something like that. I mean, something fun. All right. I, I think I'm just babbling at this point. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Hey Shane, we uh we got you on here now, man. Good talking to you. Nice to see you again. Oh, there's a little bit of a lag there. Sorry. Is there? Yeah. When you started, oh. it, I think it may have just been when you started up the recording. It like lagged out for a second, and then I just heard the last part of what you said. <laughs> oh, I, I just said we got Shane back on the show. It's good to talk to you, man. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. Absolutely. So, uh. Let's let's hear it. How's the how's the podcast been going? Uh not too bad, man. I uh still got my main show going, of course, my solo show, uh, Inquiries of Our Reality. Uh, I've expanded out a bit. So from that, I don't know if I mentioned it last time I was on the show, but I started doing uh Big Dumb Inquiries with Kyle from uh the Big Dumb Podcast, which is just kind of like a fun little conspiratorial clip show, I guess. You know, we just yeah. have fun. We share clips, and we have usually have a guest come on. Uh, from there, spread out to Bizarre Encounters that I do now, which is with uh, Ghost from My Third Eye, and that's my specific, like, cryptid, paranormal, uh, alien-type show where you just kind of have people on and interview people about that, their experiences, 
Um, we also do some like dive episodes that I've done. We've done probably like three or four of them, but we've been kind of packed up with interviews lately. So we haven't gotten to hop into those, but that spectrum is over there. And then I uh, also started doing a mini show called Bite Size Bizarreties, which is maybe like a 10, 15 minute show. And it's just specific like little encounters. So the first one I did, the Green Children of Woolpit. Uh, the second one was the Ape Canyon encounters. Uh, the third one I'm working on is about the uh, the giant. It's an Af- the Afghanistan giant. I'm uh, I don't want to say the name. It's k- k- it begins with a K because I don't I didn't want to mess it up. K- Kazar, Kazar, whatever it was. But yeah, I've been working on that though. So I got my uh, my four shows, and then I started just kind of using Open Minds Media, I guess, is like my production thing that you, whatever so it incorporates all my shows so when i popped on other shows it'd be a little bit easier to uh say hey instead of checking out these four shows i can just tell people to go to one spot so yeah just been uh branching out building everything up and doing my thing and also of course still listening to your show and everything and enjoying your show along the way i appreciate that man you said open mind media open minds media oh but i don't want to forget the ass that's that's what took so long for us to get Zoom going. I forgot to put the word podcast in your email. <laughs> <laughs> the troubles of a podcaster. See, that's my issue, too, is when I send out the email, I always forget if I put increase of our reality podcast or increase of our reality. <laughs> and I do the yeah. same thing with links. I always forget if I had the word podcast at the end. So I'll, I'll send it out to it the same way. So yeah. it happens, man. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Do you have a website or anything for the uh, for the media? Um, I got Linktree set up. So like if you check out the Linktree for Open Minds Media, um, I have it set up where you can find Bizarre Encounters, Inquiries of Our Reality, the other four shows I do. So yeah, just kind of made it made it like a central hub. It's not its own standalone website, but it's a Linktree where you can find everything that I do. Awesome. Awesome. I I'll uh I'll put that in the show notes, hopefully. Sweet. All right. Well today you were uh you were talking to me about the Wendigo, right? About some yeah. some weird experiences. Yes, sir. So I guess there's a, there's a whole thing that goes with this story, and uh, I guess rather than making it specifically just about this uh, possible encounter, um, it it all kind of incorporates around a specific location that I, I used to do urban exploring at. Um, it was called Northville Psychiatric Hospital, and of course, it was in uh, Northville, Michigan, and. I guess the backstory to this place was that, you know, just like most psychiatric hospitals, they didn't take too good of care of their patients. Um, I always heard all these crazy stories about how like patients would try to escape and they'd be like chasing them down outside and then pretty much drag them back in. Um, and then when we were going urban exploring a little bit, not that you can really dig too much into like what was going on with the people then, but they had a bunch of those, uh, I guess you could say like the, the screening rooms where it's like a, the tiled room, and there'd be like a chair that's bolted to the floor in the center, and it was a metal chair. And then there'd be like a viewer window, and on the other side of the viewer window, there was like a kind of people tore stuff apart because it's been a little bit since the hospital was open. Uh, but some kind of like board to like do different things or whatever. So I'm assuming that that was some type type of like thing on people. But there was a handful of these rooms, and they're kind of like tucked in the back of the hospital where there you weren't really supposed to. There wasn't like normal people walking around, you know, it was kind of tucked in the the backpack. But yeah, just a lot of like weirdness based around this hospital. So, of course, you know, like most people in this kind of community, uh, you know, we decided we wanted to go there, check it out. Um, my girlfriend at the still current girlfriend, 
uh, is into the whole like urban exploring, kind of seeing like the decaying structure kind of idea. And me, of course, I'm trying to go there to look for uh, for ghosts and spirits and whatever whatever right. other goodies I can find. <laughs> so uh, we start regularly going to this place, and it's not just uh, one hospital; it's like a like a full campus. So there's you know multiple dorms. There's like a like a gym. You could say it's like a gym building um, because there was like a pool in there. There was a little like auditorium. Uh, there was like a basketball court in there. Um, you know, just like basic stuff. It, it was a mental institution, but it was seemed like it was like a pretty uh, uppity, I guess you could say. Like they, they had a lot of like benefits, at least from the street that looked nice, at least. And I'm sure like most things, it was one of those things where the people that weren't that bad were the ones that got all like the privileges, got to do all like the fun stuff, you know, and the ones that were off the deep end by their terms were probably the ones that were getting all the like torturous things done to them. Right. Uh, so we were regularly going to this place to the point where we pretty much had everything like mapped out. Like uh, we, we were going through the main hospital and uh, they had a bunch of different like doors that were welded shut just from uh, when they closed it down, you know, trying to make it so people weren't urban exploring around there as easy because they tried to weld all the outside doors and, you know, people find ways in. And that was kind of what we did essentially was follow somebody else's path in. And then we, uh, yeah, just kind of got a kind of layout of it, trying to figure out like what ways you had to go to get to certain areas um, because there's like, of course, like the key spots that you'd see people take pictures of, which was like the chapel that was in the main hospital, um, which was really weird, heavy, dark room. And I found it really strange that most of the stuff in the hospital was stolen, um, beat up just from, you know, urban explorers and everything coming in. But for whatever reason, there was this giant pile of Bibles and hymn books up on the stage in the chapel and the like ceiling was leaking and everything. So they're all like super wet and damp. And I don't know, just one of those things that kind of just gives you like weird vibes, you know, when you see. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> we we ended up checking out that place, uh, the theater. Everybody would say that you'd you'd get random orbs in there. Um, I mean, it may just be dust because it was like a pitch, pitch black theater. And when you're trying to take pictures and everything in an old, dusty, abandoned place, it's kind of hard to tell exactly which ones are orbs and which ones are dust. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, we got to the point where we're checking all this stuff out. We're trying to get every little aspect, detail that we could possibly get out of this place. And uh, it was never like we had a straight up um, experience at this point where we saw anything necessarily like paranormal. It was just, like I said, the orbs and pictures um, where you couldn't really, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some of them may be dust, some of them may be orbs. And then that weird, heavy, dark feeling that we got in the chapel. So we got to a point where we're like, all right, you know, we're going to start trying to figure out some different stuff about this place, uh, see if we can get into some areas that people typically hadn't been into before. So that's when we started trying to get to like the higher floors in the hospital because they were, uh, there's like big holes in the floor and everything. So of course you have to be super careful about that. So when we first started going to the like higher floors, that's when there's, I guess, one weird experience before the two heavier experiences happen. And when we were crawling around up there, checking everything out, um, there was no, broken windows up on that floor because like i was saying it was pretty uh pretty pretty well capped for the most part because it had welded off doors all that kind of shit and yeah. um so we go up there and we're just walking around checking everything out we're peeking over the elevator shaft and then there's this random blue door that we noticed and it was like perfectly painted blue it was just random shouldn't have been painted blue like somebody obviously painted it blue at some point most likely after the hospital closed and uh, it had a smiley face on it, which I also thought was kind of weird. So yeah. while we were checking everything out, 
we uh, were finding these like weird symbols and everything on the walls up there. And as we were checking out those symbols, that door slammed. And when I say slammed, it wasn't just like a wind caught it from somewhere kind of slam. That's why I was mentioning that there wasn't any broken windows or anything around there. It like slammed hard. So we all kind of had that mini panic attack, ran for the stairs for a second, and then kind of doubled back and looked. We're like, all right, you know, nobody's over there because that's also a common fear for uh, urban exploring is that you never know, you know, if there's homeless people living in certain areas, if there's, you know, junkies hiding out somewhere, um, which just a little extra part to the story. We did find a lot of, uh, we never actually found any junkies in there, but we definitely found like needles and stuff that people had stashed somewhere and they're all fresh stuff. So it, it was known that there was people in there doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so that door slammed shut. We uh, go over into, into the area where the door was. We're like peeking into the other rooms around it, trying to make sure nobody like slammed the door and tried to run. We're trying to figure out everything with like the windows and everything. And yeah, we couldn't come up with anything. So we're like, all right, that scared scared the hell out of us for the night. I think we're we're done here for the night. <laughs> so that was the end of that stuff. And the next time that we went back was when a little bit heavier, darker stuff started happening. So. The next time we went back after that, um, I mean, I was into like paranormal stuff, but I wasn't into it like how I have been since I started like the podcast and, you know, before I started the podcast when I really started researching into it like really heavy. So I never really knew about the rule, of course, of like when you go into an abandoned place that's supposedly haunted, you're not supposed to like grab or take items. So me just being an urban explorer, you know, walking around checking stuff out, I found uh, no smoking sign that I thought was really cool that I was going to hang up in the bedroom. And I think I found, I don't remember what it said exactly, but it was along the lines of like a no entry sign. Um, and then I also found, this is what I think was the item that was the one that was a no-no that I shouldn't have taken home. Hmm. I found this, Um, I guess the best way to describe it is like a, like a tiki, but it was made out of foam and it was like hand painted. So... You know, I just thought it was cool, not really piecing anything together at the time. But now looking back, more than likely, because it was a psychiatric hospital, you know, they can't have like wood to carve things like that. They'll give them stuff like foam and, uh, you know, they'll let them carve it like wood because then they're not going to hurt anybody. They can use like a plastic knife to do it. So I'm assuming that it was more than likely a patient's art project. Mm. <laughs> so we uh, we go home that night. And it's me and my girlfriend, and it was uh, her one of her friends at the time. So her friend goes home, and it's just me and my girlfriend at the house. Uh, we go upstairs. Um, you know, we're hanging out in the bedroom for a little bit, just kind of looking over the random items we got. And then uh, she was like, oh, I got to go tell my, my parents that I'm home. So we went back downstairs. And the way that her front room at the time was set up is that there's the stairs and then the front room. But the front room had one of those, like, loop-arounds. Um, into the kitchen where you could pretty much just like run in a circle around the kitchen in the front room. Um, so I'm by the base of the stairs and she's going to walk over to where her parents' room, which is off of like where the kitchen's at. And as she's going to walk that way, she had one of those like petrified moments of fear where she didn't know how to react. So she just kind of continued on what she was doing. But right on the corner before you walk into the kitchen, there was this dark shadowy being sitting there on the couch and we both saw it and it was the best way to describe it is I would assume that it was like a shadow person because a lot of people who have seen them can kind of know what I'm talking about where I say it's like a shadow that was uh darker than dark like it, it was dark in the room it was nighttime but there's this dark body shaped cloud I guess you could say is a good way to describe it that was sitting in the chair that was darker than the rest of the room and it was 100% in the shape of a person so I'm staring at it, 
she stares at it as she's walking past it. Then there's one of those loop around kittens, like I was saying. So she comes up around the other side and then she looks at me and goes, you saw that, right? I said, yeah. So then we look back over there and it wasn't there anymore. So we're both like, all right, <laughs> something, something's funky is going on here. So after that, I, uh, kind of started to assume that it could possibly be one of the items that I brought home. So they pretty much only lasted about an hour in the house and I decided to uh, put them outside. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that really helps too much. Uh, Cause again, I didn't know too much about it at the time. Cause I feel like at that point it's still kind of at the house. So it was probably still kind of lingering around until garbage day when it got like taken yeah. out and away from the location. But that same night, um, another kind of weird experience that happened that I feel like might be related to that was that, I know last time I was on the show, if anybody wants to go and uh, listen to the full story, I shared my uh, my dream experiences as a kid and like the shadow people that followed me around and everything as I was a kid. Yes. And um, at that time, I was I hadn't really told my girlfriend about me doing all that kind of stuff. So she goes to bed. We're, we're like talking everything. She falls asleep and I'm just watching TV. And so when I'm watching TV, I hear this like crash down the stairs. So I like, you know go to look at figure out what it is but as that happens my girlfriend hops up real quick you good she's like yeah she's like i had a dream that um i think it was she said her mom or her grandma was calling her from downstairs and so she wants to go check them out and so she woke up so after that i had to uh you know kind of share my dream experiences with her and tell her that like hey I feel like your your bot your consciousness your soul whatever you want to call it um, was astro projecting, and so the reason I heard the crash on the stairs is because you did get pushed on the stairs by something dark, and I was assuming that possibly that dark thing that she felt pushed her was more than likely that thing that was sitting on the couch, which was oh, wow. also assumably the thing that was attached to that item. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that was uh, we got rid of it, and we didn't really have anything else weird happen with uh, like the whole shadow person, uh, thing going on there. Um, I mean, there was like more with my personal stuff, but I don't think it was necessarily linked to Northville. So I guess I'll just kind of keep it to uh, to Northville this time. <laughs> um, so we took a little bit of time off from going there just because that was kind of like a weird shaking experience. But you know, we're thrill seekers, so it's only a matter of time before uh, you know, we're heading back. Naturally. <laughs> so uh we we go back and the first weekend that we were there we were up on the i think it was like the third or fourth floor and we're peeking outside like over the windows like they're kind of just messing around with whatever and i was looking outside and her one of her friends was with us too and she was looking outside with me and right off the tree line because right behind this hospital there's i guess you could say like the dorms kind of loop around and then in the center there's like a little thicket of woods not anything like super crazy just uh eh, maybe like a thousand feet by a thousand feet just like a little area of, of like trees and woods but it was pretty thick for you know what it was considering that it was abandoned so nobody was really taking care of it or keeping up on it because i'm sure at one point it was kind of more like a like a courtyard with like trees maybe like a little park kind of put back there for the patients and everything but we're peeking down over there into the tree line and i see this giant gray or not gray giant uh light brown cat come out and from what i was kind of piecing together and assuming uh it was a cougar and i was like no i i live in michigan like there's not cougars in this area like that's that's weird so i didn't really put too much thought more into it other than 
you know, it went back into the woods. I was like, all right, maybe we should, uh, we should leave. But normally we took that back way in. So we, I was like, maybe we should take the front way. Cause I don't know where that thing's at. I don't know what it was a hundred percent. I'm assuming it was a cougar. Um, but rather be safe than sorry. So I ended up going home and, uh, you know, I'm digging around some stuff and I guess that there was a, a bunch of random cougar sightings in Northville and they never actually like found a physical body of it. Nobody had ever like taken a picture of it or anything, but people had seen it in, in and around Northville. And even to this day, I've checked up on the articles. Like it was a body was never found. The cougar was never found, but there were sightings of it in that area. And, <laughs> so the, the reason I'm sharing this cougar story is because I feel like it connects into this other part of this. So we got to the point, like I was saying, that we went there so much that we checked out all the buildings. We kind of knew like the full layout of everything. We had everything mapped out. The only place that we really hadn't gone was the basement in the main hospital because there was the Northville tunnels. Um, and they were just like an abandoned tunnel system that used to connect between a bunch of buildings and everything through the city. So it's just like miles and miles of like these underground tunnels that were just abandoned. And one of the entrances to it was through the basement. Um, there was like a random entrance that I had seen out in the open, it was kind of like one of those little hatch openings. And I kind of like peeked down there and it was so pitch black. I was like, nah, uh, you know, I don't want to take the chance because if my flashlight runs out, I don't want to feel my way back. <laughs> you know, I don't know how long that'll take or how far out I'll go. So we hadn't really like put too much into it, but we decided to go and check out the basement this, this following weekend after we had that cougar sighting. And we went down the main stairs and it was kind of like uh, before you get into the tunnels, there was like, you know, just like the hospital, the hospital basement. And it was like a weird, like 20, 30 degree difference down there. And mm. I mean, assumably, I mean, it is partly underground, but it was just one of those things that it was such a drastic difference in cold that it just something felt like it wasn't right about right. that basement. So we heard that the the entrance to where the tunnels were at were straight in the back. But me being who I was, of course, I want to try to check everything out along the way to get to the back of where that was at. So right when you get down the stairs into the basement, there is this cutout on the wall to the right. And it was, I don't want to say it looked like somebody like personally knocked it out, but it was a solid wall at one point. And it looked like somebody removed the bricks, but more than likely it was probably before the hospital shut down because it was, it was done in like a perfect hole. Like assumably somebody who was doing construction was the one that removed this part of the wall. So I'm like, cool. Like let's check this room out. So I come around the corner into the room and there's a metal like hospital cart, like buggy sitting on the far wall of the room. And I walk in with my flashlight. I go to kind of look towards that direction. And in my right ear, I hear something say run and like a whispery voice. No. And as I hear that, I'm looking at that Gertie. I see this this thing stand up. And the best way to describe it was that it was a lanky, tall person that had the like skin complexion of almost like a, like decaying, like uh that bluish gray like skin tone. Yeah. And it had long when I say long, I mean like uh like just on the top of its head, like maybe like shoulder length, uh greasy black hair, like slicked back. And I only got to see the back of this thing. And it was standing up in one of those uh, like arms stretched out kind of poses, like almost like it was trying to like show how big it was as it was standing up. So I saw the back of this thing and instantly I wasn't taking any chances. I, I just start running and I have my girlfriend with me and her friend. And I didn't even explain to them. I just said run. And I started running and they started following me. We took off out the stairs, up the stairs, and there was a welded door 
for the first floor to get through. So you had to go up to the second floor and then come back down to the first floor from another side. But I purposely was trying to climb through small holes as we were doing this, thinking that maybe it would kind of give like a blocker between whatever this thing was and I. And I didn't hear anything like chasing behind me. But as we were running away, my girlfriend is like just taking pictures with her camera. And I'll actually send it to you uh, after the show if you'd like. Um, yeah. I mean, you could post it for the for the listeners to check it out. But yeah. we got this photo where it looks more like an apparition than like a solid mass being. But it was exactly what I had seen. You can see it. It looks like it's crouched down. You can see like the skin tone. You can see the black hair on it. So after having this experience, like this is that was kind of like when we stopped really going to Northville. And that's when I started kind of digging into some stuff. And I realized that uh, I guess there were some random deaths there where people fell down the elevator shaft and the elevator doors were, you know, cracked only a hair bit. So the only way somebody's going to fall down those elevator shafts is if they like cram themselves in there. Mm. So just weird deaths. And right after that, too, and right when that started happening was when uh, the police started kind of getting on top of making sure people weren't really entering this building. And again, really soon after that, was when they decided tearing down this building because unfortunately Northville uh, isn't there anymore. Um, maybe the side buildings are still there. Main building's been torn down. No, what I had seen at the time. So I just start searching on the internet, and uh, no, the, what I came up with essentially was you know like a rake, and I had spent time thinking that it was a rake. Uh, just off of the description. And then once I started digging a little bit deeper into it, I experiences where people have said that they've seen rake-like beings. But when you kind of dig into like the the folklore of a rake, it's a, it's a creepypasta, you know? So it's kind of an internet created thing where, you know, may, maybe that's the reason why it kind of exists within our reality now. Or oh. man testing it off of but you know i spent all this time thinking that it was potentially a uh yep. i say i saw something that popped up and said unstable internet connection yeah you're you were breaking up on me you uh as soon as you said something about the the rake being a creepy pasta like you you got and you're glitching yeah can can you hear me okay yeah, I can hear you. I'm not glitching out still, am I? Oh, I can see my camera now. My camera is glitching. I'm frozen. What? Yep. What's going on here? That's kind of weird. Oh. Whoa, I've never seen it do that before. You Do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah, I, I think I am. I'm getting chill bumps, man. That's crazy. Dude, you want to hear something super weird, too, that goes into this? I'll, I'll tell it as part of the story, but I asked somebody to make a painting of this thing for me, Yeah. and they pretty much said that they had nightmares of Wendigos that night and when they're trying to visualize the image, it wasn't coming through. And essentially, this painter told me that uh, he couldn't do the painting because he felt like he was capturing the evil in this painting. And I ended yeah, up agreeing bro. with him. But I don't know, Dude, man. I, just... I, for, I got I got chills <laughs> up and down both arms. Like as soon as that, as soon as your computer started glitching, I've never seen that on on a Zoom call before. Me either, especially with the gray and white like that, where it was like the old television set, and then they had the green bar go across the top. <laughs> yeah, like what in the world was that, man? All right, but yeah, you said this this rake was a creepy pasta. So I got <laughs> hopping back into it after that. Yeah, that, I, I'm just gonna ignore that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm not giving that any power. <laughs> no so um, yeah, no, <laughs> don't need none of that. 
I need to manifest something. I might actually uh sage after telling the story now. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, one coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back into the rake. Uh, when I started kind of digging into the like the origin of the rake, um, it was a creepy pasta more than anything. But maybe that's exactly like what you're kind of saying that it gave it power because we kind of manifested it and created it through the internet, kind of like the Slender Man thing. Um. But for me, at least, just because uh, I don't know, I, I I didn't I knew the only thing I could come up with that it was was a rake, but I questioned it just because of the fact that it was a creepy pasta and everything, and so I kind of left that story alone for a while. I didn't really know what to do with it. I kind of just like stuck it in the back of my head, and then uh, somewhat recently, a couple months ago, I uh, did a show with uh, Justin from Cryptids of the Corn. Uh, if anybody's ever listened to that podcast, shout out to Justin. Of course, he's really really smart dude so um i started I'm telling the story on uh, one of his shows and then he starts connecting dots and of course this is why i added the the cougar part in here uh he was like no i don't think that you saw a rake i think that you saw windigo so we start connecting the pieces and one windigos going by the lore of it they you're, you're not safe from the first snowfall to the last snowfall because they they like the cold because they're like a decaying flesh type of being so right. with the lore to it assumably they would have to have somewhere to hide during like the warm months that would be somewhere that they could stay cold so from what he was digging into you know it's they supposedly would stay in caves they would uh potentially bury themselves underground um just anything to try to stay cold so that's the one starting component there was that it was down in the basement where like i mentioned earlier it was like a good 30 degree drop from outside first of all uh, the second connection was, of course, the uh, the physical appearance of it. That when we talk about a Wendigo, most people envision the deer-headed being um, yeah. with the decaying flesh body. But that's more of a uh, modern twist onto it, where if you look into the Native American folklore of a Wendigo, uh, the deer head was never really part of it. It was more of a decaying, slender humanoid with like long pointy fingers and like all weird flesh tone. But they had the ability to change into different animals. So the most like common one that everybody kind of associated them with was the deer. And that's where you kind of get the deer head in with the body was it's almost like a like a half transformation type of thing that we kind of took as the standard image so that everybody would be like, hey, that's a Wendigo because of Hollywood movies. Just, you know, trying to make yeah. it look a little bit scarier and more interesting. Oh, yeah. So it's not just confined specifically to deer, just kind of like a like a skinwalker, for example, too. Um, they all kind of fall into the same category, I feel, of like Native American folklore that they're um, they can transform into animals. The only difference is that a skinwalker is somebody who full well knew what they were doing. Um, they wanted to become that, so they almost have like more power over it. Like it was like the medicine men and the uh, you know, the the ones that already kind of knew about magic principles that would become this, and you'd have to do a ritual to become one. Um, Ritual usually included killing a uh, very close family member, be it like a brother, sister, spouse, something like that. Where the Wendigo lore, it's very similar, except that they don't have control over what's happening. Because the reason why somebody would turn into a Wendigo is usually because they resorted to cannibalism. And they kind of let their uh, their bad emotions take get the best of them. Um, so the skinwalker would have full ability of everything and the Wendigo would kind of be more of like that primal source of things um, where they can't necessarily control it. 
Um, and then that aspect also kind of adds into there's stories about people getting Wendigos to uh, like back off so that they could run away by figuring out their name because there's still a human component to them that they're fighting. And the like nature spirit, whatever you want to call it, the dark spirit that's primarily taking over is what's trying to take over. But sometimes if you are able to, you know, say a name or say something that kind of connects them with their, their human self, then you can almost like stunt them for a minute because that internal person is fighting the dark spirit that's like attached to them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American-made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, it's more, more convenient, easier to carry less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the rock ape and the mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23-B-U-M-P. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out, SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Promo code 23BUMP. Like I was saying, they can turn into whatever animal that they want to turn into um, as long as they had some type of component to it, which, again, going into, like, Native American stuff with the skinwalker, you know, they would take, you know, they'd wear the skins. Um, Native Americans, they would have to have, or not Native Americans, but um, Wendigos, they would have to have some part of, like, the DNA or whatever the nature spirit wanted, wanted them to turn into. So that's what I think that this thing was possibly turning into that cougar, and that was why 
they'd never found a body anywhere of a cougar, but there was random cougar sightings, but nobody could get a picture of it, which kind of almost has like that weird paranormal kind of feel to it. So that was the next connection to it. Um, was that physical appearance. And then the third, like I was just kind of explaining at the end of that one was, uh, was the cougar. And then the next connection, which was something that I was kind of half explaining there was that they still have that human part inside of them. And when I heard that voice to the right of me that said to run, um, Justin and I were possibly connecting that that may have been its human spirit within that, trying to warn us to get away before something bad happens, before it isn't able to hold back the the dark spirit that's in it. Um, also, part of that, too, may be the fact that I do have Native American heritage. So maybe just because of that familiar um, ancestry, it kind of was like was able to hold itself back temporarily so that it could give us the chance to run. Um so yeah, after after connecting all these dots, it just seemed like everything pointed towards Wendigo. Um, but it's always like a like a hard thing to tell, especially with like the physical appearance, because you tell somebody that physical appearance, and their first thing usually goes to Rake, just like what kind of like mine did. But then uh-huh. you uh, look into the folklore and all the little uh, details behind it, and it one hundred percent points towards a possible Wendigo. And just a little bit more adding into that too, uh, Northville for people that aren't familiar. Um, Michigan in general, I guess, is was a very heavily heavily populated part by uh, Native American tribes. And Northville specifically, when they were digging up where they were building this hospital, they were finding like random arrowheads, uh, random artifacts. So there was for sure like some type of Native American heritage in that exact area. So, yeah, just a bunch of weird stuff happening there man and soon after that was when it got torn down so i unfortunately never got to like go back and check everything out because uh like i said i tried to like file this away in the back of my head for a while because i didn't really know what it was first of all to who i could tell the story to that people would actually hear me out and not just be like oh you're just making it up oh you're just scared because you're in northville like oh whatever so yeah it's just a hard thing that to, to make a connection with but now that i finally uh made that connection with it I uh, like to share the story for the sake of, you know, people possibly having close encounters, not being able to quite place it. But uh, yeah, trying to, I tried to, I wanted, of course, to go back and kind of explore it now that I kind of like know what it was, but fortunately it got torn down. Otherwise, you know, I'd probably definitely be back there and I'd be running around with the GoPro on my forehead so that anything I saw, (laughs) I would have actual solid video proof of. But unfortunately, the closest thing I got to getting a picture of this thing was this apparition kneeling down in the hallway. But I don't know, maybe maybe part of the reason why it was translucent was because... You're glitching again. I was about to say. <laughs> wow. Can you, like, hear my audio when that's happening? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. But this is just trippy to look at. I'm trying to, like, I want to see it bigger. Yeah. I have literally never had that happen before with this camera. Yeah, I've never seen that before on on a Zoom call. Like, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, freezing, but not the, I don't know, it's like a boomerang kind of effect, you know? (laughs) It's just kind of weird. It's like that 90s TV bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before I add in the part about the artist, um, that part where we were having glitches earlier in the episode, were you going to edit that part out? Cause I don't want to have like retell it twice. Oh no, I don't, I don't think I want to edit it out. I think I'm just going to let, let everything happen. 
well, then I guess I won't uh, retell that part then. Or maybe I can tell with a little bit more detail and then you can kind of do what you want with it from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, fast forward a little bit after, you know, being into all of this kind of stuff. Um, so I go to, I go to CryptidCon and I end up meeting this, uh, this artist who does a bunch of like cryptid art and everything. And he yeah. does custom art. So I thought it would probably be a good idea, probably not a good idea, <laughs> to uh, get a picture done by an artist of what I had seen. So I would have almost like, um, like just some type of remembrance of my possible cryptid encounter. So he's like, yeah, 100%. I'll do it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, what's your idea and everything? So I tried to like draw out exactly how I had seen it. And I'm not the best artist, so I'm doing it really, really rough. And so he he starts the painting and he says that normally he can visualize paintings when he does them. And he, for whatever reason, couldn't visualize this one as much as I had explained it to him and like done my little clip art and everything. Right. And uh, anybody that looks into his art, he's uh, his name's Timothy. Uh, actually, here, let me look up his name so I can make sure I get it right. So if anybody wants to check out this guy's stuff, they can uh, they can do it. He has some really, really cool art. Um, Timothy Wayne Williams. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, man. He yep, has a lot of yeah. Bigfoot paintings. Like he hides Bigfoot in the, uh, like nature scenes and stuff, right? Yep. I was gonna say if I mentioned uh, he's the he's the find a Bigfoot guy, I'm sure a lot of people in the community would have probably knew who he was. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, yeah. So he says that he, you know, he was gonna do the painting for me. He kind of gets he he couldn't visualize it as much as I had like explained it and tried to draw it out for him. So he uh said that he went to bed. And he had a dream about a Wendigo chasing him. And when he woke up, he just had this like dark, heavy feeling. And he told me like, hey, I uh, I don't think I can do this painting. I will do whatever other custom painting that you would like to do. But I just don't think this one is a good idea. And after he said that, I kind of started connecting more dots with like the Wendigo lore, of course, that I know I've said it a million times in this episode, but technically you're not even supposed to say the name because it's, it calls them much like the skinwalker lore Drop that right. one too. So they can come find me, unfortunately. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I figured that just saying the name is supposed to give them power and bring them to you. So I wondered how much power, how much evil would have been in captured into a painting of exactly what I had seen of one. And it just, it would have been more than speaking the word because, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. So All you right. take the name, say it once, and that means that, take a picture, and it's like saying the name a thousand times, you know? So well, I kind of left it where it was at with that one. As cool as it would be to have a painting of it, knowing the lore, probably, probably not the best idea. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm glad you explained that because I had every intention of trying to draw it out for the cover art of this, uh, this episode. I doubt I'll do that now. I'll, I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably do something a lot, a lot less uh, scary. You know, you could do Northville Psychiatric Hospital. That'd be pretty cool. You yeah. probably find some really cool pictures of that place, or even the tunnels. The tunnels would pretty, be pretty cool too, because that's exactly where I'd seen the thing at. If you put like a like a dark shadow like down the tunnels, oh yeah, that'd be a really cool looking cover. Yeah. Speaking of psych hospitals. I have a, uh, there's a convention I'm supposed to go to this spring in April, but it's all the way in Virginia. I don't know if it would be probably too far for you to come down to, but it's going to be in a sanatorium, but it's like a paranormal convention at the same time. So like there's going to be vendors and everything set up inside there. And then that evening, I guess they're going to do tours and stuff through this haunted location. 
So I would definitely like to check that out. I've been thinking about uh, doing a cryptid tour next summer where I go to like West Virginia and everything, but it's not out of the wheelhouse for me because I got my daughter into cryptids. So she's been my convention buddy. So I took her all the way to Bigfoot and Bruise, um, you know, down lower Michigan. And then in November, I took her all the way down to Kentucky to go to CryptidCon. So I'm sure she would love to go to a haunted hospital in Virginia. That's just another state to cross off the list. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, it, I'll have stuff on my social media about it as you know the time gets closer. But it's in April. It's called EnigmaCon, and uh, they they got all kinds of guest speakers coming in for it. It's good. It's gonna be pretty cool. But this Wendigo thing, man. Uh, here I am saying the name too. <laughs> it's hard you know, not I, to say because it's honestly a really fun word to say. It is. You know, and I've heard it described as so many things, and I've heard, you know, people that have had experiences with like a, a, almost like a white Bigfoot creature, they call that a Wendigo, and then this, the the skinny deer-headed thing, but I hadn't really, I didn't understand that it can inhabit, you know, or take on the the appearance of all these different things, almost like a shapeshifter, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. so that, that. That's education for me right there. Yeah, I learned something. Just uh, a little uh, fun one to throw in here too, something that I've been digging into. Um, when it comes to like Native Americans with the whole shape-shifting concept, like of course you get, like I was mentioning this Wendigo and the Skinwalker, but uh, one thing that I've been digging into recently is something called the uh, Dogmen Warriors, which were basically warriors that took on like the, I guess you could say the the attitude of like a dog. And I guess part of, the folklore that's based around them is that they would go off and live with the dogs and with the wolves and learn how to like be one with the wolves and the dogs. And by doing this, uh, they supposedly would get the ability to shapeshift into a dog. So mm-hmm. my thing that I've been trying to connect with, I'm not saying it's necessarily all of them. Cause I think there's multiple parts that go into this, uh, into this aspect, but possibly some of the dog men could be n- more so fitting into like the category of like native American folklore and it still kind of fits that whole werewolf demeanor, but from a different aspect of it, where you're taking it more from like that shape-shifting Native American aspect rather than like, you know, the silver bullet European werewolf type of style. But yeah, just right. another connection of another possible shapeshifter that links into Native American lore. Could be a dogman. <laughs> Could be. Could be. You know, that the whole dogman thing, it that was so hard for me to even take seriously for a long time. And I didn't mean to, I'm not like in a way to belittle anybody that's had an experience. It's just where I hadn't had an experience. And that name is just so goofy, you know? It sounds better than werewolf though. Cause that was like what turned me off was werewolf. When I heard dog man, I had a little bit more of an interest in it, but yeah. it still was one of those things. I was kind of the same way when I first kind of dug into it, it just seemed a little bit like ridiculous to me until I started like really digging into it, you know? Yeah, and it's it's like taken off. I hear more dogman stories than I do Sasquatch stories lately. You know, it's like it's everywhere you turn. Everybody's digging into this this topic, this subject, and uh, it maybe it's trendy or maybe it's legit. You know, and it and it's gaining popularity because more people are coming out about it. Another thing that's also a possibility with that is that uh, I'm sure you've, I think I saw you recently had an episode with uh, Shatan Noir. She was talking about how, from her research, that 
dogmen have been known to push Sasquatch out of certain areas. Like they'll take over the areas. Right. So it could have been a thing that it was like a smaller population that stuck to a certain area, but now they're starting to migrate more. And maybe that's why people are having more stories now is because they're not sticking to deep woods locations. Maybe they're trying to spread out and migrate. So now people are having uh, more sightings of them. Could be. Could be. It's fun to entertain because I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And there's such like a, to me, there's like a very spiritual element to this whole dogman thing because there was like one that I know of recorded attack that is pretty commonly known, you know, the LBL to be attributed to a dogman attack. And then other than that, it's just this massive scary creature that pops up right behind you and scares you to death. And then you get away, you know, it's like, it could obviously kill you if it wanted to. Why does it want your fear instead of your body? That's I. I've heard a couple different uh, sides to Dogman stuff too. Where, of course, there's people that get away to tell the tale. But right. digging into it, at least in Michigan, um, I found an area that's like northern Michigan where I've heard a bunch of stories from different people where they had had encounters and straight attacks, and I guess that they were basically told to like keep it quiet by. Uh, men in suits, uh, police officers in the area. Um, one of them in which that that I had heard was that um, was, I think it was called Clear Clear Lake or Clear River, something like that, up in like northern Michigan before you hit like the UP. It's up in north eastern Michigan. Um, there was an encounter there where this guy um, was going to this campground because he heard that there was some like stuff going on at this location, and there was some uh, the guy who was running the camp was like, hey you're here looking for Dogman. I have, I have a cool spot you might want to check out. And he was like, yeah, no, I'll check it out. I'm just doing some other stuff right now, blah, 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 blah. So later on that night, he hears a woman screaming and he opened his door and I guess this woman tried to like come inside and end up getting like dragged away by a Dogman. And then it came back to the door and was trying to get into the door. And mm-hmm. this kid supposedly like took a hatchet to the arm of this thing and it ended up taking off after he hatcheted this thing's arm. Uh, the woman wasn't seen, of course, again, and he was, like, reporting it to the police the next day, and they were like, oh, you saw this. You didn't see a dogman. You you saw this. Like, dogmen don't exist. You saw this. And they wow. were very adamantly trying to tell him, like, what his story was. And he yeah. was, re- like, talking about the woman and everything. He's like, there was no woman. What are you talking about? No woman went missing. Trying to, like, cover up the story. So I feel like there's a lot more violent dogman encounters, but because of that, they're covered up more because there's nobody that's there to tell the tale afterwards. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm just trying to dig into it more and listen to it. And, you know, I, I've had dark waters on the show and he's like dogman expert, you know what I mean? I, I need, I need to get on there and actually dig into it a little bit. And, you know, your neck of the woods, that that's dogman country, right? Michigan. That's where the stories really come out of, wasn't it? One of the uh, most solid pieces of Dogman evidence that I feel that I've heard is uh, a fun little backstory that goes to all this. So there's this OnStar recording of a Dogman attacking a car where these people, I guess, will uh, they were driving and something ran across the road and they ended up veering off into the ditch. And when they veered off into the ditch, it called their OnStar. So the OnStar guy's like, hey, is everything okay? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, we just saw this uh, this giant dog looking thing run across the road like we don't know what it was and he was like is it still there he's like no it's we don't see it it's not here anymore and the guy's like all right i'm gonna call the police i'm gonna do this 
And uh, right when he says that, you hear this like deep growl, and then you hear them scream, and then you hear the phone call cut out and end. And from the side of them, it sounds like you know when you hear those screams and you just like can feel it in your bones that you know that it wasn't like a fake scream. That's yeah. how I felt hearing this recording. And a lot of people that I've showed it to are like, no, the OnStar guy sounds like he's scripted. I'm like, when when it comes to OnStar, when it calls it comes to 911 calls, it is scripted. Like yeah, they have they have a certain things that they're supposed to ask you. So right. of course that side's gonna sound scripted. So digging into that that more, I found that video and I found that audio and it the next time I tried to look for it, I couldn't find it. Like that website was deleted. So I start trying to dig into it and I keep finding all these things that OnStar did as a joke that was like a uh, Halloween werewolf attacks the car. And there was like six of them that they did quote for fun that you can right. find all over the internet. But this specific one that I had been chasing kept getting deleted. So I found this thing on like six different sites and every single time I'd find it, it would get deleted. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do a show on this before it gets permanently deleted. So I added that page on and I ended up weirdly enough talking about it on an episode with somebody and I ended up playing the audio for it. So that episode got deleted or not episode, but that, uh, that website got deleted, but I still have the audio on one of my episodes. So oh, I'm wow. like <laughs> super happy that I saved that. So I don't have to chase that audio around anymore, but yeah, yeah. dude, just super weird stuff pertaining to it. And it seems like more often than not, there's a lot of violent encounters and they're covered up like that, where it's like, there's a reason why they did those Halloween videos. And there's a reason why that one keeps disappearing. And if they were trying to make it less questionable, they should just leave it and make it look like it was part of the other recordings. But right. it has a totally different feel. Like I was saying, you just hear certain screams and they're not, they don't sound like they're, they're real. Like they're authentic screams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Man, I, you're going to have me up here in the middle of the night researching Dogman stuff. And if anybody's listening to this show, which I hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> if you've had a dogman encounter, holler at me. Let's let's talk about it. Let's flesh it out. I I want to know everything I can find out about this stuff. Cause my, you know, my dad is all in for dogman. Like that's like all he can talk to me about. Hardly, you know, when we just sit down and have casual conversations. But we used to talk about everything, you know, from aliens to, you know, to Sasquatch, but for the last year or so, he is like locked in on Dogman. And if talking about these things manifested, then it's only a matter of time before there's something spotted here in Southern West Virginia, because it, it's a very hot topic here. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about it, but I don't know, man. I, you know, with there being so much lore about these Wolfman, Dogman, Werewolf kind of creatures, there has to be some legitimacy to it, right? And I mean, I I'm definitely sure think so. And, and people, you know, if I can believe in Sasquatch, then why would I, why would I put a box around anything else? And if I think that people are talking about Sasquatch encounters or Wendigo encounters or alien abduction, if I can accept that as truth, and I say I, I mean people in in general can accept that as truth, then why wouldn't we accept? people that's had an experience with a dogman or a werewolf type creature. Um, I mean, there's a reason why they exist in folklore all around the world. That's one of the, all these yeah. people didn't have contact with each other. And there's all these stories about, you know, there being 
straight dogmen and then there's werewolf type dogmen and there, there's just so many different components that go into it i think that it's actually coming from multiple factors yeah. and uh i mean even going into africa they have like the hyena man which you know more often than not you're going to call a cryptid whatever you can familiarize with it the most so you know there being you in north america we associate it with dogs being in south america you know they have hyenas so the closest thing they're going to associate it with is a hyena so you know they're yeah. seen everywhere it's kind of like sasquatch they're seen all over the world too all over the world. And I think it was Marco Polo that had uh, visited an island where they had dog-headed men that communicated with yelps and barks, and they actually traded with these people. It was like a a whole race of people over there, and they said they were dog-headed. Um, there, there was drawings and depictions of them. Uh, I think St. Christopher, if I'm not mistaken, was even described as being a giant dog-headed man and if we would look back at some of the uh you know like the renaissance period or middle uh medieval period of depictions of saint christopher he had a dog head in the in in the paintings of it so how could i say anything otherwise you know what i mean these things have to exist i mean even going into like egyptian mythology too there's there's still dog-headed men in that too yep yeah anubis right there (laughs) Yeah, man. See, I, I have a theory that I've been kind of entertaining lately. Um, if you get into the whole like Anunnaki thing, or you know, just there being some type of a being or other race that potentially created us intentionally to be like a slave race, um, maybe things were created for specific reasons. You know, like you created people to be like the jack of all trades that can kind of get in there and do like the small jobs. Uh, you create Sasquatch that can do the big jobs, so they're like the big bronze of the operation. Then you create like wing type beings, like maybe potentially like Mothman or Owlman or whatever people want to call them. And uh, those are the ones that would possibly like carry messages long distances, for example. Right. And then you have possibly like dogmen that you could have used for like protecting an area, for example. Like it's not out of the spectrum to think that, uh, you know, other races may have been created at the same time as us. And we're trying to look at like Sasquatch or like dogman, like they're sharing the same DNA as us where maybe that shared DNA isn't human DNA at all. Maybe we share DNA with something that's beyond all of us, where we're trying to relate it to us directly being humans, but that's not the factor. It's like there's something before this like linear line of things, and we're trying to connect the linear line, not realizing that there's a predecessor to it, you know? Right. Uh, well, one more on that. Uh, you, you say Anunnaki, I say Fallen Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when the Watchers came down and they took women, they they didn't they had the nephilim but they didn't stop there if you look at the extra biblical texts you know like in the enoch and jubilees and jasher and all those those scripts uh they defiled everything animals included so that's where you would get your centaur your minotaur your dog man <laughs> you know what i mean I, all these monstrous creatures uh would would come from the same thing so yeah there's a there's a million theories somebody could pick the one that they like the best but i guess we just need to accept that uh these things are becoming more common mm-hmm. and i mean even going back into what you said too whether you want to call it anunnaki or fallen angels um i think it's all just different perspectives of the same thing you know because people have to put a name on things in order to understand them where it's like it's it's the same story it's just you know from two different different viewpoints so it's like it's not even like they're they're similar. Like it, it is essentially more than likely the same story, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you have like every known culture has a flood story, you know, 
there's a flood. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> we need not argue about you know what what we want to call the boat. It, there was a flood story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just making more connections with that. Um, there's there's a reference to there being a flood after uh, Ragnarok in North mythology. There's reference to there being a great flood in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which was Sumerian right. books. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the Bible with the great flood. It's like all these connections to it, and they're all over the place. People just got to look for them. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, Shane, if I can go way back towards the beginning of what you were talking about. I just looked it down at my notes. Um, got sidetracked talk- by dogmen. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about, it looked like someone had painted the door blue, and there were these signs on the wall. Were these like sigils? Like that's what they looked like. Like some kind of yeah, some kind of magical witchcraft incantation kind of sign. There was one specific like there was a bunch of random ones throughout the building. They were definitely like sigils or you know people trying to attempt to make sigils. But there was one specific one, and I'll have to look into it. Um, but if anybody's ever seen the movie Sinister, there's oh, yeah. a sigil in that that's almost like a, almost kind of looks like a face. Yeah. And I don't know if somebody did it because they saw it in the movie, but for whatever reason, that symbol or something very close to it was scattered throughout that building. That somebody put it up on random spots, and you know, more often than not, movies are influenced by something that already exists so they may have just taken a symbol added an extra little line to it and now made it their symbol but that may have been why that symbol symbol was close is maybe whoever put that symbol throughout the place knew what it was and hopefully cross my fingers it was somebody that knew what they were doing and maybe it was something that held things within the building (laughs) yeah really yeah and that's another question um i know that the building was was uh, demolished has anything been built on that property? I believe that they're talking about putting a retirement center there. Just give him a bunch of stuff to pick off, you know, if he comes up out of those tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked like an accident. Maybe they did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A retirement home? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but there's nothing there at the moment? I don't believe so, no. There might still be some of the satellite buildings, like like the dorms and stuff there, but they tore down the like main hospital, which was where most of the encounters happen. And I feel like all the bad things that had happened in the past, even going into the whole like paranormal aspect of it, I assume that 90% of the bad things that happened were all based in that building. So oh, wow. I'm sure that was the main focal point was get that yeah. thing down because I don't know, man, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like uh, just people who work for cities and people who are involved in cities know a lot more about the woo-woo than they care to admit. So when they hop on top of a project to tear down a hospital that had been abandoned there for 15 years, and it's just all of a sudden one day they got to get it done, I think they know something's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I was asking about is there nothing there at the moment? Because it's the ground, man. It's it's the land. And even if they tore stuff down, it doesn't necessarily mean they took those tunnels out because those go all around the city. So they could tear down the ones in the Northville area, but if that thing is still down there, it still has full tunnel access all around the city, and it could pop up wherever it wants to pop up at. Mm-mm-mm. Man, the way the, when you were describing it, I was thinking about that uh, that thing that was on the ring or the grudge, you know, with, with the stringy black hair. But that's but the skin tone, is, though. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy, man. I, 
give myself chills again just thinking that was a good one man that that stupid camera what we call it a glitch that was perfect timing <laughs> that just made it that was just scary at that point is it coincidence or is it something else exactly and you know you know there's no coincidences especially so, not in this community man as soon as you start talking about certain no, right. topics and it always seems to happen usually mine is shadow people or demons being in the system and every time I mention those and I start getting into it, every single time I'll have some weird tech issues. Yeah. Like, my my first season, I have no clue what the episode name was or anything like that, but I was talking to this lady, and she was talking about um, her her house was haunted that she had grown up in. And I think she was talking about some kind of, like, something in the bathroom, some kind of experience of somebody dying in the bathroom or something like that. And at that time, I did everything with a phone. You know, I, I didn't have, you know, the the tech set up or anything. I was just doing everything through my phone. And it would get the call would get dropped. So I would call her back, you know, and we would get to the same point again. And then the call would drop. And that happened like four times before I was like, all right, let's skip past that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's just go on. But There's something yeah, intentionally every, stopping you from saying something. Yeah, it's like it was it was just shutting her down. So, yeah, there's definitely things around that, you know, affect what we do. And no, it makes you wonder, though, because it's like you think that you'd give them more power by bringing attention to them. But that's what kind of makes me question, like, why they want to keep things quiet is because they have some stuff going in the background. And when we start getting onto something that's some real solid information, that's when they're like, all right, <laughs> leave it mysterious. <laughs> there's yeah, enough, enough may- talking from you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I. I tend to think it's more about they are very limited as far as what they can actually do. Um, but they have a real good knack for fear, you know? So if they just, you know, they just screw with you here and there, they keep that fear element going and, and they're the big bad wolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> that I mean, if I these guys are all like spiritually energy based too, I mean, right. like uh, it's probably harder for them to move solid like if you're talking about like paranormal or just like dark beings in general it's probably way easier for them to do everything through the internet because essentially it's all electric energy so it's just like a solid source of them that they could that's probably honestly the easiest thing for them to manipulate as far as like i'm i'm concerned with uh what i know about the paranormal and dark forces (laughs) absolutely man well shane brother you came you saw and you freaked me out uh was there was there anything else we wanted to dig into before we hop off here for this uh this session uh no i think that's uh about good on this one but just a little uh sneak peek i guess to the future i uh recently the first i've only shared it once on uncomfortable but i had this uh whole paranormal house story growing up that it gets very emotional it's a very long story it was about a two-hour story last time i told it so maybe in the future I can come on and I can share that story. And at least where I am in, currently in my life, at that point, I will have shared all of my weird and bizarre encounters with you by then. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. And if you want to go ahead and we can line something up and schedule it, maybe sometime for next month or something, that would be great. You got I, I would, it, my friend. You got you got me, buddy. Uh, I I love hearing it. I love talking to you. You're just so easy to talk to. I think that Open Minds Media is the perfect title for what you do. Because uh, it was it was weird because I was doing the pre-intro, you know, where I, I, I do the talking at first. 
And I was talking about just what an open-minded individual you are, just how easy it is. And then you come out here and you you did exactly that. You you proved it. So I I love it. I love you. I love talking to you. And I wish you the best of luck. God bless. And I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate that, man. That's a awesome compliment. And I really appreciate it. And going back to you, man, uh, we need to not have so much distance between uh, our shows together because you're a very easy person to talk to. And I definitely love talking to you also, man. I appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Later, man. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
back Come on. Yeah. Treating with the saints of gold With their troubles far behind them To never suffer anymore I'm going home in the morning personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
Take it. 